Kenneth Yardman. Holy night. I wanted to do at the end of every phrase, but I didn't think you would like that so much. Thank you. <laughs> Take it to a bluesy you place. the guide of spirit with I, I did. I did. I listen. I listen. You know, we have instincts, but they're not always correct. <laughs> so it's good to pay attention. So I called this this talk the holiest of holy nights because the symbolism of Christmas Eve uh, is. You know, uh, Jesus wasn't born on Christmas Day. And uh, it would have been an amazing coincidence if he had, hadn't it? Wouldn't it have been? Uh, but no, he was born in April. So this whole holiday is very symbolic. And so the myth still works. The myth of the, the holiness. So what does it mean to be holy? Uh, ho holy is complete. Holy is uh, healed and whole. And some would say, but I'm not healed and whole. And I say, you are in God. In God, you are complete. In God, I am complete. In God, we are complete. In truth, in wisdom, in light, we are whole beings. And so to look at that and say, hmm, so maybe I could use tonight as my opportunity to declare my oneness with God and the way I am seen, not by God, because God is not a person that sees, but the way I am. Okay, we'll go with that. With the way I am in God. And I, that's how I did it in the beginning. I just decided, oh, in God I am good. Can't not be. And so is the neighbor over here and the neighbor over here. Good. Now, that doesn't mean I like the neighbor on either side of me. But that's about personalities. Tonight, we're talking about principle. So in principle, I love my neighbor. In principle, I love you. I love them. I love the people I don't like. But that doesn't matter. You see, again, it doesn't matter a bit in truth whether I like someone or not. The reason usually I like people is because they flatter me in some way. They may not even say a word to me to flatter me, but I feel better about myself when I think of them, when I see them. So their, their very essence flatters me, compliments me, because I like me better when I'm around those people or even thinking about those people. The other people, no, I don't care for myself so much. And uh, because it, a lot of times somebody just simply reminds me of somebody else. And so you see, let's go back to principles before personalities, because tonight in its symbolism... The wholeness of God is born in each and every one of us, in our conscious mind. It's already alive and present in our superconscious mind, otherwise known as our Christ mind, but it's born in our conscious mind because our conscious mind is what we use to look at the world to look at all the events in the world, to look at everything, so that should I look at someone I previously did not care for, I can look with a Christ consciousness and realize, oh, we are brothers, we are sisters. And not only that, we are one.
We are one and the same in light, in love, in wisdom, in intelligence, in all that God is. We are one and the same. And so this Christmas Eve, and you, know, you hear about the wise men coming because they saw a star. What it means is the wise men saw light within them. And they knew something good was taking place that night, hence wise. They were wise and they were awakened. That's what that means metaphysically. Uh, and so to think in these terms, it, uh, it expands us. It doesn't keep us in a box of religious folklore. It helps to expand our thinking. It helps to expand our awakening. It helps to expand our, uh, just our walking down the street and looking around and realizing, oh my goodness, nothing is as I thought it was. No one is as I thought I was. it was. I'm not as I thought I was. And those are the greatest days. And that is the Jesus Christ message. We are not as we think we are. The world is not as we think it is. Life is not as we think it is. And we would do well to release our old thoughts and our old beliefs. Here's a good one from the old myth of the, the, the manger, the baby being born in the manger. Um, and, and again, it didn't happen on Christmas Eve. Uh, but that manger was not a bad place for the baby to be born. You see, there was no room in the inn because the inn was a place of ill repute. The inn had a bunch of drunken guys in it. And it would not have been a safe or a sanitary place for a mother about to give birth. So you see, they changed the story to make it sound like uh, oh, they had no money. There's no room in the inn. Oh, this poor kid. He's starting his life so terribly. No, he actually started his life rather generously. The innkeeper said, it's not safe here. This is, this is not, the, I got a place out and back where you will be safe, you'll be clean, and uh, you'll be taken care of. Uh, so, that, see, that's a very different story, isn't it? The one I grew up with, it always sounded like, oh, no room in the inn, these poor people. And, but they're not poor people. They are finding out, right, right at the beginning, uh, we are taken care of by the universe, the universe is showing up very quickly. You see, in the Christ awakening, we begin to see things differently and new information is available. We are able to hear things. Perhaps we had been told all along, but we hadn't acknowledged. So you see, that's why we can value these holiest of holy nights. Because they are a night or a night at a time. We can hear differently. We can see differently. We can think differently. Everybody here, everybody listening, tonight, use your conscious mind to call forth a new way of thinking. If something should happen that should uh, disturb your peace, 
just go within and say, show me, show me what this really is. I know that God is on my side. I know that life is on my side. I'm willing to know that from this day forward. So tonight, should I experience something that uh, could disturb my peace in any way, 70 miles an hour wind, anything you know, that could uh, come up like a tree <laughs> and uh, surprise you, disturb you, throw off your balance, call forth a new vision in it, because that's what I'm going to do. We've got a lot of trees. The universe isn't out to get me. Life isn't out to hurt me. There is no thing and no one that actually wants to confuse us. And so I invite us all to go back in time in our history books as best we can and find out what this birth of the Christ is really about. Find out what this symbolism really stands for because it's on our side. Just as there are many, many paths, all for the purpose of awakening to the light within. Many, many paths. None of them want to confuse us. Now, there are some people, some teachers and what have you, they, you know, they've, they've written these books, these Bibles and what have you, and they've misconstrued stories because they thought this would sound better or this would, but it's, doesn't matter really, does it? It's, we have our books and we have our mind and we have our prayers. And it's really impressive what can be revealed when we are willing. We no longer have to be the victim of the world we see. We can now be the light of God at work, the light of love at work, the light of peace and joy at work. That can be our new profession at work. When we go to work, I'm the light of God at work. I'm the light of love at work. Wasn't that Jesus' job? To be the light of God at work. Someone said, but he didn't work. It's like, oh, he preached all over the place. He had, he had a daily job. And it was to tell people, you are the light of God. Start acting like it. You are the light of love. You are the light of the world. Wake up and realize it. You no longer have to declare yourself as anything less. Jesus would not declare himself as anything less than a beloved child of God. Why should he be the exalted one when we can do the same thing? I can declare myself a beloved child of God. I can declare you, you and you and you and you and you, a beloved child of God. I don't have to judge your behaviors, you know, to assess your spiritual light. It is a given what our spiritual light is. It's the light of God. And so, here might be the difficult part. 
If I'm the light of God at work, I'm never off duty. I don't get a day off, and neither do you. You are the light of God at work. You don't get a Sabbath from that. We take a Sabbath from the earthly work. We do not take a Sabbath from the realization of oneness. We do not take a Sabbath from the realization of peace and light and wisdom and truth and love. No Sabbath for there. Our body takes a Sabbath. Our mind takes a Sabbath from all the other stuff that we are doing in the world. Sometimes we need a bit of a Sabbath every single day. What do I mean sometimes? We need a Sabbath every single day. Not one day a week. We need a portion of each day to be in a Sabbath. But not from God. Not from love and light. We need a Sabbath from our computer, maybe. We need a Sabbath from each other, maybe. Tonight is the holiest of holy nights. I encourage us all to look within and say, this year, this year, today, right now, I declare myself a beloved child of God. And I'm willing to have more revealed of what that means. I am willing. You know, there at the end of his life, Jesus taught his disciples about a holy communion. And it was a, it was a coming together of he and his closest people, people closest to him, his disciples. And they, they broke bread and they drank wine and they shared this. Now, back in the olden days, they used to share it out of one chalice. We don't do that here. And uh, we're not even eating from the same loaf of bread tonight. Tonight, we, uh, we have these little cups. And inside is a wafer. You know, because we are respecting uh, the earth right now and what's going on in it. We are not one to say, ah, not me. Nobody has to get sick. I know that. But nobody is here to test the waters for that. And so I got us these. Now, the point of the bread and the, well, for us, it's juice. <laughs> but it represents something. And I want to make sure I read this so I don't follow it up. The benefit of taking Holy Communion is the establishing of our acceptance of the Christ whose coming we celebrate within our mind and our heart. The bread used in the churches symbolizes substance. Uh, and the wine symbolizes, well, the blood, uh, which we consider life. Or the circulation of divine ideas in our consciousness that will purify our mind and heart and renew our strength. That's a lot coming out of this little cup. That is a lot. But remember, one drop of the ocean came from the whole ocean. I don't think you were going to find a wave in the ocean, but you never know. So I'm going to read part of this again. 
the circulation of divine ideas in our consciousness that will purify our mind and heart and renew our strength, freeing us from all corruption, sin and evil, and bringing forth in us the un unlimited, the abundant life of God. Through the appropriation and assimilation of the substance and life in our own consciousness, we blend our minds with the God mind. And there is a harmonizing of every fiber of our body with the Christ body, which is life and light. As our mind and heart are cleansed of untrue thoughts and beliefs, and as we feed on living ideas, our body takes on the life and light of our divinity and eventually will become living light. So as we take our communion tonight, we can affirm God's pure life and substance are constantly renewing and rebuilding his holy temple, my body. I'm going to read that again. God's pure life and substance are constantly renewing and rebuilding his holy temple, my body. I invite you to pick up your communion cup and take the wafer, put it into your mouth, and then... Wash it down with the liquid. I'm going to, I will do it in a second, but first I'm going to keep repeating this affirmation. Yes, of course, you have to lower your mask to do it. God's pure life and substance are constantly renewing and rebuilding his holy temple, my body. God's pure life and substance are constantly renewing and rebuilding his holy temple, my body. God's pure life and substance are constantly renewing and rebuilding its holy temple, my body. So we have uh, had our communion as a group, as a community. We have lit our candles to light our world. We share this light with each and every being because no matter how many candles we light from it, it never diminishes the light. So as Kenneth leads us to finish our service this evening with Silent Night, I invite you to take your breath in and contemplate your silence.
shine.